Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 30 of the Stolen Science Podcast. I'm Kendall Gilmet here with Harry Pavlidis. Hello, Harry. Hello, Kendall. Happy World Series. Happy World Series to you as well. I saw a good tweet. It said, Happy World Series to those who celebrate. I loved that. I saw that too. Yeah. I'm going to look up who that was because I want to give you want you want to give them proper give, credit. Yeah, give credit because that was hilarious. I I did actually laugh out loud. Yeah, your voice sound. You are you getting over a cold? I am getting over a cold. And uh, um, somebody I worked with was like, "Wow, your your voice is sounding very deep right now." And I was like. Yeah, I'm recording a podcast tomorrow night, so I hope it hope it well, hangs yeah. out. We'll see how far it goes. Yeah, but if it just gives out, apologies. Just, the end is the end. Apologize. Oh, so there's a pitching change occurring. We'll talk about that. Yeah, the pitching has been different in the playoffs, and as always, we talked about this about how you structure differently. Yeah, but everybody like freaked out when. <laughs> They kind of freaked out when the Brewers pulled a fast one. And I think the only people that got really got duped were some writers and fans. Yeah. The, yeah. So Wade Miley was listed as a starter on short rest, and he did start. He threw five pitches and left the game. After I guess he he walked the first. Walked guy. the guy, yeah. Yeah, and that was it. And then um, that and then that was the, the day for him, and he came back and started the next game after the day off. Yeah, and it was that was the real start, and there was some complaining and moaning and groaning about it, and I thought that was really funny because the Dodgers weren't really tricked. Yeah, when they're because like um, Dave Roberts had a different lineup. Yeah, and so he put some guys like yeah, he had some lefties in there, so he he they didn't totally fall for it. Yeah. Oh, look, my new dog just walked into the room. Hello. Tell oh, us Shirley. a little bit about your new dog, Shirley. Well, Shirley is uh, Shirley Barkovich, named for Shirley Barkovich, the uh, current ambassador to women's baseball, in, informally, unofficially. She was also one of the few women from the AAGBL who actually had a speaking role in a league of their own. But she played for, I think, three seasons or more uh, in the 40s. Wasn't like one of the best players, but she's cool. And so I got a dog and I named her after her. That's awesome. In, in concert with UBP people. Because I've had a bit of a bat, some bad news, as our listeners may know, as we talked about in the first episode, that part of the reason I was in baseball to begin with was kind of to work around my wife's health problems. And unfortunately, in the last year, those problems, well, became overwhelming and she passed away uh, just, just two weeks ago. So yeah, it's very, very. Christine was not quite fifty-one years old and had a very full life, despite it being short. And then for the last ten years, punctuated by a lot of problems. But uh, so it's been a bit difficult. But I, you know, I knew this was coming. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I know and, that. Yeah. I speak for myself for sure, my family, and. Um, friends at BP and uh, throughout baseball t- to share our condolences and and, uh, and love for you um, in this time and uh, just support. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's been quite people have been quite supportive. That's helped a lot. Baseball's been a big part of yeah, you know, keep me on track. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, 
but when you live with a, a chronic illness and a debilitating illness, you, you're living with grief for a very long time. And right. uh, I'm, you know, when you see someone you love suffer, it's there's also relief. So there's a lot of sadness, a lot of loss. But we had a 28 year relationship nearly, and uh, I'll take that. Yes. And uh, I'll have to find uh, with this dog Shirley. We'll figure out what's next. But Shirley is not a pitcher. She's a hitter. <laughs> she's an American healer. She's a cattle dog. She's going to be herding things around here. So we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about her more on future shows. But thanks to Paws Chicago for, for the adoption. And, yes. uh, so what were we talking? We were talking about pitching roles. Okay. So, yeah, right, so Wade Miley, his star. So Miley, who was like our favorite like, yeah, pitcher that was, was last winter. I, it was kind of funny because like in all our research, he kept showing up. It's like, why is why are his numbers similar to Dallas Keuchel's and all this stuff? So we kind of did the whole like Dallas Keuchel light thing, you know, that I kind of came up with. But Jeff Long, yeah. friend of the show, had noticed that Miley had certain attributes and, and skills, and he kept showing up in all our, all sorts of different ends of our um, research last year. It's like, well, this guy might not be too bad, and he actually was pretty good. Um, he ended up taking quite a strange role. But he was one of the more important starting pitchers. But when they took him out, and uh, was it Woodruff or somebody who was the guy who pitched like five innings to replace him? Yeah, um, it, it was, that was the starter. Right, like that. That guy went playoff deep. <laughs> you know, you, know you, you pull guys pretty quick. If anything, actually, Council let him face some guys three times, and I think that might have cost him a little bit in that game. But um, yeah. the the whole idea is that the there was still a guy in the starting role. So we talked about this a while ago where it's like, well, you know, we're not going to make any changes to our systems and definitions of pitcher roles and things. Yeah. But now's the time, like, you know, as we head into winter, we, we need to figure out if there really is anything that we need to do. And it, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think we have to look empirically at it and say, what is the difference this year from previous years? And what's the trend been? And uh, it, it goes to the position players. It goes to the, the, the openers. And it goes to the, you know, hoodwink the uh, platoon attempt. And there's definitely room for us to understand that and provide context because we do use the context of the pitcher's role to understand their performance. And we, have to, we may have to use uh, other techniques that get to the same thing, but without the rigidness of the role definitions that we're working with. But we have to see and see just how much of this we're really talking about. What what percentage of our pitching data pile is polluted by these things? And uh, it might be hard to figure out because sometimes guys have short starts because they got hurt. Right. Or they sucked. Or in, or they I mean, sucked. And I guess yes. you could you could kind of figure that out based on performance well, yeah, exactly. or whatever. Right. But, oh, yeah. It's like he's given up seven runs and only pitches one inning. Kind of have a hint that he may have had a bad day. Um, but, yeah, if a guy's doing well and he's pulled, then it's like, what's going on? Was this the opener or was he hurt? And usually in the game record, there is such a thing that tells you player injury, injury right. delay, because uh, there's a different warm-up rules, you know. And uh, so we'll see. But I, I'm definitely more... Uh, more believing that we'll have to do something than I was at the beginning of the season. I was like, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, it's kind of gone to the point where I think it's, there's something there. And, uh, and if anything, how we look at playoff pitchers and talk about playoff pitching might be changed. Well, yeah. That's the thing. Like, and we talked about this the last show, I think that playoffs are different. Like you're going to have a really short leash and yeah. like you're going to do matchups, play matchups a lot more. You're going to, um, you know, pull your starter a lot sooner. And, yep. and so 
you might have more value in the bullpen. You might have right. starters in the bullpen. Right. You well, know, you may have the guy who started two days ago pulled early also, who's now in the bullpen. Guys doing their between start throw in the bullpen. Come out of the bullpen, like I think Kershaw yeah. closed the NLCS with that. Yeah. Well, then last uh, last okay. night, I got to this... take my dog out. Okay. We're gonna pause. I'll be back in ten minutes. All right. Play some music. Now would be a good time to invite you to donate to the Lupus Foundation. I will include a link on the podcast page. You can give a donation to help fund research to learn more and fight against lupus. Thank you. All right, so yeah, pitchers don't do the same thing anymore, so we'll figure that out. Um, okay, so we should talk about catching. Yes. Catching is everything. It sure seems to be. It sure seems to be important. Well, uh, look at the, what the Dodgers have benched Grandal for Barnes. Yeah. Grandal was having a terrible. Oh, my gosh. I've, and he's typically one of the most valuable catchers in baseball because of his framing. But ooh, for some reason, he couldn't catch yeah, the like ball. That, that was it, right? Like, it wasn't even, I mean, I, it wasn't. Pass balls hitting his glove. Yeah, just, like, he just really weird, seemed like weird. he was in a, on another planet or something. Like, yeah, he seemed wrong. Like, it was really strange. Like, it, it's like. And you can't you can't afford that. There's like a baseline no. level of performance that you can't do that. You can't give those extra bases repeatedly to, to your opponent. Yeah. And well, for something as simple as just a you know fastball, and then he was not blocking pitches in the dirt. And it's like okay, so he's framing. He's probably framing just fine. I don't know. We'll look. Yeah. But he wasn't doing anything else fine. And normally that's not an issue for him. But it kind of started this conversation with people and including friends who are a friend who's in some scouting and coaching. And they, you know, basically are like, yeah, you can have trade-offs based on how you set up, you know, things like that. Like there are potential risks to how you perform as a catcher if you're focusing on one thing more than the other. So if you're focused on your framing, you may do this or that, not as good. And, and that's that's because like – like you're it's, saying, like how you set up, or like, like, yeah, like if maybe, somebody's wanting to, to set up to receive a pitch, yeah, they're um, wanting to frame it so they're gonna kind of be steady and not like right. prepare to throw the ball or, or what have right. you. Right, like so. if you got rid of the uh, like 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 if there was no more um, human umpires and just a robot, every catcher would be in a stance that's prepped prepped to throw because it won't matter how they're receiving the ball oh, behind right. the plate yeah. anymore. So there's, you know, definitely a, uh, there at some level is absolutely trade-offs happening. But I think it's interesting in terms of it, whether it's in-game focus, and this wasn't a Grandal's issue. I think it was just something freakish and just kind of sparked the conversation. But it's like, how do how do the players focus within the game? Or what do they focus on in their in their training, in their practice? Like there's some guys like Chris Iannetta, like when he practices his framing and is focused on his framing, he would, you know, come here, buddy. <laughs> he would do better uh, at it. And then there's like AJ Ellis told me just by knowing that that his framing numbers were bad, he got better at it because he thought about it, right? Instead of not thinking about it. And 
you know, so you have definitely it's something we have to look at more. Do you? <laughs> so because it's not clear to me that it's so cut and dry as to like if you're a better framer, you're going to be a worse blocker. It's a yeah. general trend that seems to be the case, but it's not a very large trend, and there's a lot of a lot of noise in it. So, do you know I, if um, specifically like? I mean, you know guys who are either slow to the plate or um, and I like think pitchers. I, yeah. yeah, pitchers who are slow to the plate or pitchers who John Lester don't throw over or things like that. They're not good at holding runners on or what have you. Yeah, so, then a good throwing catcher is going to be more important than a, the framing. Right. It, it's like the, well, it's the, uh, the Wilson Contreras thing where he's a really bad framer. But yeah, he's particularly special with the running game. Back picks more than anybody. And I don't know. At this point, his framing's so bad. I think that over the course of a season, it doesn't work. But I think when you're matching up, particularly in a playoff situation, it's like you, you can probably do that with your catcher. Like if the, if you got a pitcher who can hold guys on, you're not, you're not going to be as worried about base runners. You may be able to get away with a catcher with a weaker arm who's better at blocking pitches, better calling the game. You know, reading the swings, making adjustments to the game plan, which is really a huge responsibility. So, yeah. Do you know if their um, if their framing numbers are worse for pitchers who are slow to the plate or don't aren't good at holding runners on? That's a really good question. I like, don't know. Like, if we can, like, because we do have like say, the framing like, for a pitcher, and we could see, yeah. yeah, these guys are harder to frame. I, cause I've always thought about that in terms of how that affects pitch calling. Right. Like, I, you know, when Kurt Suzuki was with the Nationals and I was working, doing work for the Washington Post, we looked at, does he call Strasburg? And I guess it was strange. Like, Gio Gonzalez, you know, he's a lefty. I think he was really bad at holding runners or something. But we just looked at, like, does, does uh, Suzuki call these guys, you know, differently than the other catchers do in, in certain in running situations? And it was yes. It's like the hypothesis was, does he call more fastballs? And the answer was yes. <laughs> yeah. um, and so it was like, wow, okay, so this is something about game calling. Um, if there's a, is this bad? I don't know if that's bad though necessarily. Like it might maybe still be a good pitch call. It may still be able to work. He may adjust other parts of the game plan to adjust for the fact that he's going to want a fastball in a running situation. I, I don't know. But it, it's like, oh, there are things. You can see tendencies with catchers. Yeah, but it relates to the, you. Know, we only looked at it for a couple pitchers, because the idea was what well, won't matter for other guys because they're holding yeah. them on. Yeah. But now this makes me want to go back and look at that and see if pitcher framing numbers are impacted by things like that, because we may say we may attribute it to the pitcher as having bad command in effect. Right. Um, when it really just has to do with the catcher doing something specific for that pitcher, not focusing on. Or setting up differently, yeah, setting, setting up, up fire yeah. so they can get you know, setting up with the foot back and then they're unable to do certain framing maneuvers that involve like subtle moves with your lower half. Right. Um, just read Jerry Weinstein's Twitter. <laughs> Learn more about catching than, than I could ever teach you. It's a str- very strong recommendation. Yes. Yeah, Jerry's good in his books. Very, very strong. Jerry Weinstein's great. Uh, you, you all should look him up. He's works for the Rockies. He's been a coach and, and a manager in the minor leagues. He has coached, he's been like, uh, you know, 
catching coach. He's been in different like roving instructor roles. He's he's even at one point took some time was the manager of Team Israel for the World Baseball Classic. And, and, oh, really? Uh, he was the yeah. manager. Yeah, he, he, he managed the most recent Team Israel. Yeah. Oh, cool. That, that was Jerry, and uh, he's one of the most generous and knowledgeable people in the game. He loves to teach, and if you just go follow him on Twitter, you'll. <laughs> you'll see that holy education uh yeah. and you get his book it goes into extraordinary detail about how you set up for things and what the trade-offs are in there so that's stuff we got to look at um you know around the office around our slack and, and there's a bunch of people looking at catching stuff like pitch sequencing studies are going on um you know one of our researchers Tatiana de Rowan, she's uh working on Various explorations of what type of machine learning techniques may be useful for understanding what why certain pitch, pitches or pitch sequences may be effective or what those sequences are to begin with, things like that. We've got people looking at the language of them. Uh, we have Kate, Kate Morrison's work on the confidence notion and something she presented a couple of years ago at Sabre Seminar about how you, you, know, you, you call games to the pitcher's strength. So what do they have right. confidence in? That's, that's what you're going to call. Right. This guy's a bad slider hitter. Throw your slider. Well, the pitcher has confidence in his changeup in this situation. The catcher knows that, and he does it, and he calls it. It's more effective. Yeah. You know, pitch the, you know, the wrong pitch thrown with confidence is going to be more successful than the right pitch thrown without it. Yeah, I think that's the really interesting. The pitch confidence is the right pitch. Yeah. And you don't, like, when I talk to catchers about, like, reading swings and all that stuff, they kind of go, yeah, they kind of, like, meh, meh, that. And, and they talk more about knowing what your pitcher's strengths are. And uh, everyone's good friend, Brian Bannister from the Red Sox, he'll, he talks, he's, he was the person who kind of first taught me about that when he was at Sabre Seminar about it. It's like, you, you got to call the game to the pitcher. Like, it doesn't matter. Right. And AJ Ellis said something similar. He's like, it doesn't matter if a guy's a good slider hitter, if, if he's catching Kurt when he was catching Kershaw all the time. He's like, it doesn't matter if the book on the guy's not a good slider hitter or is a good slider hitter because Kershaw's slider is different. Yeah. That's another thing. It's like, you have to understand that, like what the, what that really means. Know the and dynamics uh, on every side. It's more. Yeah. So whew, these but, guys are, uh, you know, that makes catchers so fascinating. Like, have so and, much responsibility. Yeah, and I know that like what you know when the framing stuff came out and you know like people were like, "Oh, maybe catchers are important." And it's like, well, everybody kind of knew that, but now Well, it's kind of funny. They always said, you know, there's Nichols law. Yeah. And which is that the their catcher's value as a defender is inversely you know, skill as a defender or reputation is inversely proportional to their offensive ability. And uh she just gave a talk at Carnegie Mellon, Carnegie Mellon recently, actually. Keynotes there. Apparently, it was a great talk. Um, but the idea is that the catcher is, we know, like there's a positional replacement, you know, positional adjustment, for, uh, excuse me, for, uh, you know, in, in war. So you're not just looking at the replacement, you know, you're looking at the fact that these catchers tend to be the worst hitters on the field. So the notion is this is how much value they have, kind of make them up. But I think they go beyond the, the, the what we see, you know, the Nichols Law, like simplicity of that is perfect. But it's also probably not nuanced to say, well, here's what we're measuring. You know, so I think if we measured more things, we may blow out. <laughs> we may have to like yeah. have some type of like, greater than one factor uh, right. applied to the defensive side because they got they, they really 
provide a lot of value. And as we start to understand how um, catchers work with pitchers in terms of what they call, you know, so if we knew what the pitcher's confidence pitches are, we could rate a catcher on how he calls those pitches. Like, why don't you call, you're calling it wrong for this guy. That's really hard to do. Um, but everybody, Jerry Weinstein and AJ also both told me that like, you got to look at pacing, like how quickly they, how well they work in each other's rhythms. And I think Russell yeah. Carlton, did he publish it yet? I've been so crazy, obviously, for obvious reasons lately. But right. Russell was working on something about that, where is like you can see that there's a benefit to certain outcomes if the catcher works at the pitcher's pace. I think he did publish it last week. So, I'll look for it. Yeah. We'll so that I thought I was like super excited about that because that's a really big. I've been I've been looking for that. Now I have I had some methodological concerns. Like I want to redo the study with a little bit of different data, change things a little bit. Um, but that's what we've been looking for. And he was actually able to get like a run value type of thing. Like the, it, we get to a point where it's a candidate for inclusion in our catcher defensive stats, which would eventually put it into warp. Um, because if we can say, look, we have expert opinion that this is a viable, you know, a, a measurable thing. We have data that supports it. Okay, put it in. Even if people can't see it or feel it as easily as framing. But yeah. I think we should we should at least start crediting catchers for these things. Um, so that's the hope. Awesome. Yeah. Um, it did come out because that's what, um, and I'll cut this out, but that's what triggered your conversation on Slack about using our own stats. About who on stats? About using, uh, about our writers using our own stats. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was that you're right. My most recent rant. Yes. <laughs> Version three. You'll see that one sticks. Bastards. Insubordinate bastards. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> group of clowns we are. Hello, doggy. Uh, ready? We should probably do an outro. Go, watch, go back to watching baseball. Make this a short show. Sounds good. Um, hang out with my dog. Yes. She wants attention. I'm, I'm sure she's like, hey, boss. Um, so catchers. Um, so we talk about pitchers and catchers. Very important. As always. Yes. And you know who's a pitcher? Shohei Otani. Okay. Ah, <laughs> got him. Uh, <laughs> so um, one thing that I did want to talk about very briefly um, is... Uh, I read an article recently, um, and I would recommend that you read it as well, um, everyone. It was Sam Miller's, uh, I think it was a couple articles ago, but it was um, he was talking about the Astros and basically how they lost, even though they were an awesome team, and um, basically luck and what counts and what matters in baseball. And uh, it was really interesting because... I mean, and this is true in a lot of different arenas, not just baseball, but, uh, like people, people aren't going to necessarily, people will, will remember the Astros as a good team, a very, you know, a great team and, and that kind of thing. But the ball didn't roll the right way and, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't get the call and they didn't get this and that. And, uh, and I thought that that was, it was a really just an interesting article, but also made me think about baseball and I think life too just like you know there's there is luck there is uncertainty 
and then uh-huh. um, <laughs> yeah and, and then yeah. you know what counts what matters and and what we remember and, and stuff so uh that was that's my recommended reading for you guys and um we were thinking about maybe uh starting this up so if you guys have anything that you think it would be interesting to talk about or for us to talk about or for you to that you um have read or, or written or anything like that that you uh, think we should read that yeah. you think we should read definitely um share it with us on twitter at stolen underscore signs or if, if you want to email us stolen sign stolen underscore signs at baseball mm-hmm. prospectus i think mm-hmm. um and uh we'll do that i think we're gonna we're gonna try and do that and um just have it be a way to learn and read different stuff and talk about it so uh if something like that is interesting uh shout out shout give us a shout and um we'll talk about it more but uh yeah until next time i think we're gonna um enjoy the world series goodbye baseball